Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right. Welcome in to Victory Vikings Ventline here. Mackie and Judd, Declan producing live on Score North YouTube. And that would be youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. So you can find Vikings Ventline as part of the Purple Daily umbrella of shows via podcast and YouTube. We appreciate everyone throwing your comments in. If, you, if you're if you commenting on Score North Facebook or on Purple Daily YouTube, we can see your comments. We will pull them into the video. If you want to be part of the show, email vikingsventline at gmail.com. And a quick shout-out to Corona Hard Seltzer, spiked sparkling water with natural flavors imported. Ooh, there it is. That's the That's victory right. sound right there. And- Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. What flavor are we rocking there? The purple right? blackberry lime, Phil. You, you can't not rock the purple after you finally pick up your first W. So purple uh, blackberry lime. And also, I would recommend numerous claws for Texans fans having to watch Bill O'Brien. So it's a win-win for both sides of the of the football team today. Um, it was uh, <laughs> holy cow. So I think there's I think there's two types of people, two types of Vikings fans that were watching this game today. There was the salvage the season fans that were happy with, I'm sure, the offense and Justin Jefferson with another 100-yard game and Dalvin Cook. But then I think there was the tank for Trevor fans that thought, oh, my God, what a clutch play defensively on fourth and 10 to allow a broken coverage and the Texans to score. And, wow, nice job letting the Texans get back down the field. So uh, if you're in the tank for Trevor crew, sorry about that game today. It's definitely going to be a tough one to overcome. If you're in the salvage the season crew, then uh, this was great. But Judd Zolgat, I think we can all agree that Bill O'Brien is a moron. So let's just start there for a second. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's the Texans don't care. They're terrible. Like, they've quit. They're, they're four games in, and that they've quit. This is as, as bad a rollover performance as I've seen against the coach, I think, since Childress's last game of 2006 against the Rams when the Vikings literally just said, okay, we're not going to play hard. Um, but you know what? I mean, here's the thing. When Harrison Smith got tossed, I thought to myself, how do you win this game? Like, your your secondary is decimated, absolutely. So credit to the Vikings for coming out with the win. There's a lot here that we could discuss, too, as far as uh, the play of the offense, Dalvin Cook, some mysterious, some very odd decisions made late in that game as far as Dalvin Cook's sudden absence. Uh, he 
he was banged up. First of all, color me shocked. Second of all, I don't care at this point. He's got to play. Um, the late throw by Cousins to Thielen, which was the attempt for the dagger throw. I mean, that would have ended the game, and instead you can't complete that, which puts the defense back out on the field, which obviously, as we've been talking about now, Phil does not have Daniil Hunter. It does not have Anthony Barr. It didn't have Harrison Smith. It doesn't have corners. Um, it is completely decimated, and you basically had to look at them and say, can you save us, please? Inexcusable. Uh, but all that being said, if you are a Vikings fan and you were going to the um, the uh, pharmacy for a get well pill, the Houston Texans, man, they are they are the greatest get well pill because when a team like that quits on its coach completely and doesn't want to tackle like the fundamentals of football were too much for the Texans to comprehend today. Uh, if you are the Vikings I would get out of Houston absolutely thrilled that I played the Texans because you know who's not going to have the same problems that the Texans had next week? The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, well, and and we'll get to some Vikings fans here in a second. We'll get to Zach, we'll get to Ben, we'll get to a bunch of others, and we'll keep popping your comments up on the screen as well. But I just want to real quick, like we we have to throw out Bill O'Brien's play calling and and game management in the fourth quarter. Even if they would have won that game, I would have probably fired him. Like you're down by eight points. I'm sorry. Um, at one point, I think you were down by two scores and you're handing the ball off. But there was a particular point in the game where you were down by eight points with just over two minutes left, no timeouts, and you're handing the ball off up the middle to Duke Johnson. You are fired, dude. Like, what are you doing? And then, and then, you know, best case scenario for them is to score a touchdown and get the two point conversion and tie the game. And ideally, you would do it and not leave the Vikings with an hour and a half left on the clock. Well, they're running a play with 20 seconds on the play clock on the doorstep of the end zone. And I'm sure Mike Zimmer is sitting over there like, all right, well, I guess. I mean, if you're going to score, you might as well leave us with a minute 20 on the clock. Just unbelievable incompetence. And and we have on the Mackie and Judd show, we have done every Tuesday now this season, the buffoon coach of the week. We might just have to name it the Bill O'Brien Award starting Adam, going Adam Gaze, Adam Gaze objects strenuously. He says, hold on a second. Don't forget about my incompetence. But but the, the greatest thing is Bill O'Brien, okay? If you're a Texans fan, here's how hopeless your football life is right now. He's your GM. He's your coach. And today, he took over play calling. Huh. So, like, he took over. He's doing everything. He is not. He is not delegating any of these jobs. And he's doing them all now really poorly. Like, I think if he just called plays, perhaps it wouldn't be this bad. Or maybe if he just coached, he is not a GM, so he can't do that. But he's trying to do all three jobs. He's trying to do all three jobs, and he's horse bleeping every one of them now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, between he and Gaze and probably poor Dan Quinn, that is a trio of people who do not belong right now doing what they're doing. Amazing. Um, but the, the sheer ineptitude deserves to be celebrated here, and that's what we will do. And the Vikings, are, Vikings are one and three, and Ventline is powered by Corona Hard Seltzer. Let's get Zach into the show here as the first Vikings fan. Zach, are you uh, are you emotional? Are you sad that the tank for Trevor Dream is over, or are you no, happy that no, the Vikings no. are salvaging their season? Well, you know what? Lamar Jackson went all the way in, you know, pick 30, what, 132, you know, so that it's not mm-hmm. like you can't get a quarterback still. And I would look at the, we have weapons. Like Dalvin Cook is amazing, can run the rock. Jefferson, emerging star. 
Adam Thielen is reliable. And Kirk Cousins on third down is just terrible. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Cousins' pocket presence, it, it, like I, I'm watching Tom Brady on the other screen. I'm like, wow, he just sidesteps a guy and like delivers the ball. And Kirk Cousins reminds me of my work computer when it just freezes, like the browser. And like, I can't get anything done for the next 25 minutes. Like he drops back, goes through one or two reads and just stands there until he gets hit. And it's, it's terrible to watch. And I think, you know, in some ways you say, Hey, the team's going to go as far as the quarterback's going to take them. You know, I was looking at the first four games. If we go two and two down the stretch, we figure some things out with the weird off season, like we'll be okay. These last two games, I think our weapons have figured it out when we can get the ball in their hands. But anything beyond third and six for Kirk Cousins, we, we should just start bringing out Cole Quinn on third down and punt it away. Um, Go CFL? Not- <laughs> yeah. CFL rules. We'll punt now. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Zach, uh, great stuff, man. We appreciate you coming on Ventline, and we'll talk to you I again. One more soon. thing. One more thing. Sure. Remember when we used to have team celebrations? I feel like before the game, we knew, like, our playmakers were like, we're going to score, and this is what we're going to do. Where is that gone? And I think it is a question of, you know, maybe we score this game. You know, (laughs) I I would love for them to bring that back. You know, Kirk Cousins is going to go through the, if he fell for 400 yards and blah, 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 or I need to watch the film. But realistically, I mean, I'm happy we got a win, but – I don't know. I don't know if we're that good. And I don't want to get to 500 and pick 13, 15, <laughs> 16. So that's my thoughts right now. Yeah. I'm happy yeah. to win, but we're going to need better play out of our quarterback. I, th- I think there's three types of sacks there's the O line sack, the coverage sack, and the cousin sack, where he just freezes in time until somebody brings him down. That's all I got, guys. Zach, great <laughs> stuff, man. Zach, Zach leading, leading off awesome. with, with a strong double to the gap there off the top event line. So, you know, I mean, we've, you know, we, have, we have been very hard on Kirk Cousins this year and last year, and I think I've been probably particularly hard ranting about him every single week. But I will say, playing off play action, this was, this was sort of the perfect formula and blueprint for a win. It helps when you're playing one of the worst coach teams in the NFL. But when you can get out to an early lead and your defense is holding strong early – and Dalvin Cook gets going in the running game, and then Kirk can just leverage play action, and that's what he's so comfortable doing. And he had that one drive, I think it was like early in the fourth quarter, late in the third quarter, and he was just throwing darts off play action and finding Jefferson and Thielen. And so he deserves a ton of credit for that. To Zach's point, though, there was the one play, I think, in the second quarter, and it was a three-man rush that got home, quote-unquote, well, it got home because Kirk stood there for a half hour and like walked right into the lane of a defensive end. And so those plays are super frustrating. But overall, today, Kirk Cousins was really good. It was a bounce back performance. And he, and he played really well off of the game flow. And, um, and he was just sort of like what you want to see from Kirk Cousins today. Kirk misplays, though, too, because I, I thought the best. So if you wanted to summarize Kirk's tenure as a Viking, like in just footage of, of a really quick snippet, right? It came in the second half where he took a sack again, which he could have thrown the ball. I believe I believe that uh, Jennings identified that Jefferson was open. Kirk takes the sack. It's now third down. And Jennings and Hewitt are going through absolutely correct. He's got to make that play. That play is there. This is what you need from your veteran QB. Sure enough, and I knew it was coming, the next play, big pass, hits the pass. And they're like, yeah, that's it. That's the play. 
He teases you. He's the he is one of the ultimate quarterback teases who actually as the pressure if he chokes in the moment of pressure, he's better off because somehow in his mind the synapses snap to, oh, okay, I just choked. So now I'll make a play. And yeah. so the next two plays, the second play after that was was that sort of desperation looking pass to Rudolph, where I thought to myself, oh, that's going to get picked or something. And Kyle catches it. So he followed like a, just a terrible decision sack on his part where he didn't make a pass and where rightfully so he's being criticized. He follows that up with back-to-back Cousins plays. And to me, if if you just take that snippet of time and put it on Twitter and basically say, this is him, it's completely accurate. Yeah. And I think it's what drives, I think it's what drives the majority of Vikings fans crazy. He also he also took the, the the designed quarterback keeper and used his Lamar Jackson legs for a first down at one point too. So I don't know I don't know what more you want from him at this point. Let's <laughs> let's go to Chanix here. Let's get Chanix into Vikings vent line. Uh, Chanix, you got about sixty seconds. What did you, what did you see today? Are you happy or sad? Unmute your oh, mic, Chanix. Hold on, Chanix. We had to unmute. Oh, wait, yep, yep. I'm good. There okay, go. there we go. I have room froze too. So uh, uh, to be honest. I was actually it's actually pretty it was a pretty good game to be honest it was it was back and forth back and forth I was actually more excited if he, if Texans was able to even get that touchdown and and keep on going and I was like are we actually going to blow this one as well I was like <laughs> we're not as bad as the Texans are we I was like but but it's also at the same time I'm like this doesn't really do the Vikings any good either like Yes, we defeated the Texans. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> Seattle, Chanix. Yeah. Seattle. Oh, yeah. That's well, now what? Prime right. time. Exactly. Prime time, which is has not been a very good thing for Cousins or, and you know, I was also when when uh, Smith got taken out, I was like, oh, the natural selection happened again. Is this a sign? Is this a sign? Is it? Are they taking it out? Is it? Is it? Or time to? lose again but it's it's very conflicted i actually i was actually rooting for the the texans quarterback wow wow i was like dude you actually could do stuff that cousins could do later in the game but at least you're like i'm not frustrated i'm gonna try my best i'm gonna just keep on throwing catch i'm like wow cool yeah, well, Chanix, uh, I think you speak for a lot of Vikings fans, and uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, no worries. Good stuff, See dude. Chanix, uh, join the. Let's just roll. Let's keep rolling here, Dex. Once you All throw right. someone else, in. we got we got our guy Chancy. Where's he calling from today? What's up, Chancy? Uh, hey guys, I am calling you from my neighbor's pumpkin patch. I've actually been recruited over here today to do traffic control. So right now, I'm waving cars in and out of the lot. Uh, there they are, but. And I warn you ahead of time, Declan, there's a horse-drawn carrot coming around giving little mm. kids rides. So if you see it, don't uh, poop your diaper or whatever. I, I might. I might, Chancey. Yeah. I might. I don't right. like that. So <laughs> my thoughts on, on the game was kind of like, well, I was thinking about a hypothetical for the NFL. What if Houston gets the number one pick? What are they going to do, you know, with the quarterbacks out there? Is that a trade scenario? Or would you guys, even if you had Watson, still draft – uh, Trevor Lawrence, I guess. So just kind of like if, if a team that has a supposed young locked up franchise quarterback, not a Kirk Cousins, but a, an actual one that they think is young, what are they going to do with that pick? Are they going to trade it or are they going to take the uh, bolt and pick him? And the other thing, Justin Jefferson, 
has looked great. And uh, But what I would really like to see over the rest of the season is one of these young corners really pop. I want to see a blue chip out of Gladney. I don't think it's Hill at this point. Hughes. They need something. You know, when they started to develop in a couple of years ago, Xavier Rhodes really came on and became a number one shutdown for a few years. And we can't just keep throwing more draft picks at this. We threw two at it this year. I mean, what are they going to do about the corner spot? So, anyway, what do you guys think about the Deshaun Watson deal? Uh, I'll start with that one. Because he makes $40 million now going forward, I, I would actually rather just draft. If it was between, like, all right, you can just take Deshaun Watson right now at $40 million, or you can draft a quarterback in the first round. I would take the first-round quarterback, not because I think he's automatically going to be Watson, but because I think part of the value in drafting a quarterback is that you get five years of a rookie contract to build a roster. And that's like you know, that's part of the Kirk Cousins argument. Is, I'm showing you the horses, Declan. There we go. I don't like that, Chancy. I'm not a big fan of that horse. That's getting real too close to you. I don't like yeah. that at all, Chancy. Well, yeah, Declan's I terrified of horses. I thought about getting on the actual wagon and riding along, but mm. uh, I need to do my traffic <laughs> control job. Okay. Chancy, this is your chance to get revenge on the Colts. Just uh, go turn around and, right. I don't know, trip one of them or Make something. Make a loud noise, <laughs> clap. But it is a wagon full of kids, and I, yeah. if there's a stampede, <laughs> that be a chancy. I could be liable. But I, I do think the corners, they need to figure something out. I, I actually miss Trey Wayne. I mean, he was not a star, but he was reliable. And at this point, they could use reliable. So. Yeah. But I'll call you guys from another location, week five. Have a good See you, Chancy. Good stuff, man. Jeb, what do you think about the cornerbacks today? A couple good plays, couple couple guys getting burnt as well. I think that this is going to take a season. I, I don't think you're going to see like this sudden week eight, oh my God, he this guy, Gladney is Rhodes in, in his prime. Um if you recall, Rhodes was drafted by the Frazier Spielman regime, played a year for them, and then Zimmer got his hands on Rhodes going into 2014 in, I think, what was year two for Rhodes. Uh, the point being is, I think it's skill position, guys, that you can have that Justin Jefferson welcome to the National Football League game and and you take off, and that kid is special. Uh, I think when it comes to cornerback play, it takes more time. It's a reactionary position, which makes it tough. So. I don't think that Vikings fans are going to get to week 12 and be like, oh, my God, uh, Jeff Gladney is going to the Pro Bowl in 2021. That being said, I think that he can make, and Dantzler, too, I think they can make uh, gradual improvements, and I think that they can come to training camp in 2021 as much improved players, but I think it's gradual. Uh, Holton Hill, again, I just don't know. Like, I don't know if he can play. Uh, he, You know, he he made the play on that last non-touchdown touchdown, uh, but he got – fortunate there as well but I do not think that Vikings fans should expect that there is going to be this sudden uh week where the cornerbacks all pop and it's perfect it's going to take time yeah I did see someone in the comments here on YouTube youtube.com slash purple daily podcast I saw somebody ask about the Harrison Smith ejection and what we thought about that I mean it was a it's one of those plays that because they've changed the rule to be more aggressive in trying to eliminate headshots, it's one of those plays, honestly, that officials would show to teams in preseason and training camp to say, "Do not do this, or you get ejected." Mm-hmm. Just just re- removing all, you know, take your purple sunglasses off. I mean, like, it, if that happened the other way around, would anybody be clamoring for the Houston Texans player to remain in the game? It, it was pretty textbook. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he's not a, di- a dirty player by any stretch of the imagination but when you watched it back 
he clearly led with with his head. Now, I got this tweet, and it's true, but this is where it gets tough. If your head is going in one direction and the guy catches the ball and lowers his head, how, how are you supposed to avoid him? And I get that. Don't leave with your head. But yeah, and the most important thing too here is is look, they are rightfully so. The league can't afford to tolerate that hit. They they just can't because it, it would basically be saying concussions, ah, eh, no problem. Mm-hmm. And what they've been through in the courts and all of that being sued, they can't do that. And so yes, it now comes down to basically if your choices are to dive in there head first or accept the play and tackle the guy, there's no like, well, door one's attempting here. It's basically all door two, which means go in there, tackle the guy, but keep your helmet out of his way. Right. Let's go to Ben here. Let's get Ben in here on Vikings vent line with Mackie and Judd. Declan is working magic behind the scenes. All right, Ben, are you in the tank for Trevor crew, which you, uh, a loss was, let me think here, where the Vikings stole a win from the jaws of defeat, or are you happy that they maybe salvaged their season here? Um, I am kind of in the both category because at one and three, you're still in good tank position. You know, you're not in any dire tank position things too, because I let's be honest, I don't think they have any chance to go to Seattle and win, like hardly any at all. Maybe like, minus maybe not minus like 0.5 percent chance of going to Seattle and win um but offensively a lot of Justin Jefferson a lot of Adam Thielen a lot of Dalvin Cook we need to see more of Irv Smith uh and the offense can score consistently 30 points a game that's just how talented I think the offense is and guys let's take a good appreciation here for Mike Zimmer because because I we I, I rip him I re, I'm hard on Mike Zimmer about his about this in-game decisions play calling, you know what are you thinking in the moment and you know his philosophy and things like that. I promise you, <laughs> you will never see Mike. I have never you will never see Mike Zimmer do what Bill O'Brien did in that game, as far as play calling, time management, and things like that. Like he, Bill O'Brien ran the four-minute offense for the Vikings. That's how <laughs> that's how poorly coach. The game was like he ran it. It was so bad, dude. Dude, like it was. It was if if you if you just look at the three hours, the Texans were a corpse for the first two hours, just an absolute corpse. And then they wake up in the last hour. They're like, oh, we got Deshaun Watson. That's right, we forgot. This is great. And Bill O'Brien's like, oh, slow down, hand off to Duke (laughs) Johnson here. Okay, poor Deshaun though. My God, because he's really good. He's really good, and he looks. mentally mind bleeped now and i don't blame him like how do you have this buffoon as your boss he's a really good player he looked terrible because of that yeah i think that he is in the category of adam gase type coaches like that's just how bad bill o'brien is as a coach so we need to take time to appreciate mike zimmer you know we're hard on him for his mistakes but i promise you no matter how this season goes the rest of the year, you will not see Mike Zimmer coach a game the way Bill O'Brien did. Yeah. And as uh, as Scott points out here on the screen, so Zimmer's a notch better than Bill O'Brien. That's not saying much. Well, I think he's a, he's more than a notch better than Bill O'Brien. But all right, Ben, good stuff, dude. We'll talk again sometime soon. Yeah. I mean, that was just like not to take anything away because the Vikings played well. The Vikings offense played well. They did what they were supposed to do with a depleted defense. They played pretty well, too. But I mean, that is one of the most embarrassingly inept coaching performances I have ever seen in the NFL. 
And I'm not being like oh, no hyperbole. Like he's he terrible. should he will be fired tomorrow because of what happened but today. He and be. he's the GM. They're not gonna fire him. This is the incredible thing. He's got all the power. Like he is not going to be if if you were to rank the guys right now who would logically be fired, um, I think Gase is probably one, and he's not going to be after last thursday and i don't know how i think dan quinn is too but bill o'brien like you would literally need the owner to blow out in one fell swoop the gm the coach and the play caller and he's all three and by the way i i don't know how much blame you can pin on o'brien for the first three defeats that the texans had because they were playing good teams but today's loss entirely on him from every hat okay gm deandre hopkins if he is on this texans team they win like, there's no question in my mind. They Can you imagine him against the secondary that the Vikings were forced to field today and the second half? Okay, so GM-wise, Bill O'Brien, congratulations. You cost your team that game. The coach, the coach, he's got a guy I'm convinced is a good QB, completely, like, disheveled. Like, Deshaun Watson, I'm concerned. Like, go get him out of Houston. And then the third thing is Phil's point, the play calling. Like, Bill O'Brien basically pulled off the hat trick of incompetence today from his jobs. Yeah. Every one of his jobs cost his team that game. It was an incredible performance. It really, it was, really was by Bill O'Brien. Congratulate him. All right, let's, let's get Emmanuel on here next on Vikings Vent Line. Emmanuel, you got about 60 seconds to say your piece. Are you, are you optimistic going forward? Or are you a little bit irked that they just won potentially a game that could cost them draft positioning? Uh I'm super optimistic. I think Viking Station is super overreacting. We're not going to go winless this year. Uh, we're going to win two, three games, and that's going to get us a top draft pick. This is the team to, to win against. Texans are terrible. Went down to the wire against an 0-4 team. Um, so I think we're in good shape. Um, I, I think we're setting ourselves up for, a, 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 I guess, a, a terrible season, but a good season. Yeah. Uh, what, what else stood out to you today? Yeah, I mean, uh, I second your your guys' comments on Bill O'Brien. He seems like an absolutely horrible coach, and I'm glad we have Zimmer. Um, yeah, to have 200-yard receivers um, is exciting. Delvin had another great day. This is the kind of uh, near wins or losses we want to have with, you know, showing um, Holden Hill's terrible and Drew Samia is also terrible, but we have a lot of bright spots and, and optimism on our on our roster i'm uh scrolling you from uh, san diego i'm wearing my starter jacket love it in 105 degree weather just to show you how much i'm, <laughs> I'm nice. rooting for our bikes <laughs> and now you're gonna go take a shower just sweating all through the last three hours but no he's going uh, golfing probably good stuff <laughs> emmanuel thanks for coming Appreciate on that. man yeah man we'll talk sometime soon it is it is something to say too that the vikings have scored 30 points in three of their first four games and i know there's some situations that dictate obviously garbage time and all like that but the offense actually through four games, do you think that they'd be averaging 30 points through, through the majority of these? I, I definitely didn't think well, so. They have, they, this is the thing. They've got the weapons to do it, okay? As much as we rag on Kirk Cousins, like, mm-hmm. he's still he's still on a good day. He's still a top-10 quarterback on a bad day. Okay, he's more like bottom-10 starters, so he's got a wide range of what he can give you. So, you know, when he's, when he's given weapons and if the offensive line isn't a disaster and the defense he's playing is giving him pockets to throw, like, he's going to throw for 250, 300 yards. And then I would say on the on the weapons front, now that Justin Jefferson has emerged, how many teams in the NFL have a better trio of skill position weapons than Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson? It's a short list. I'm sure there's a team or two, but it's it's got to be a short list. I mean, Dalvin Cook leads the NFL in rushing, and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are both probably top 12 to 15 wide receivers in the NFL right now. Yeah, if the Vikings, Declan, are going to win 
let's say that they win five games, five, six games, which I think they can. Mm-hmm. Um, this team is built to get those wins through one thing, outscoring your opponent. And they can do it. They can do it. And if Cousins, if Cousins can make the dagger plays, which he struggles, they definitely can. Um, also, also, and this is far from ideal, but this team needs to accept one thing, and that's this. For 2020, you have to, and they got there today until he got banged up at the end. Dalvin Cook has to be used all game and has to be, and I do not mean this in a bad way, physically abused. Like, you can't concern yourself right now because because if you say, well, Dalvin's been great, so let's let's give him five touches off per game, okay? I'm going to come back at you with this. When are those five touches going to come then? 2024? Really? No, they're not. This position, this this position has nothing to do with the relevance of your team at that time. It has everything to do with milking as much as you can from that guy in the present. And so if the Vikings are to win, let's say they win six games. Um, Dalvin Cook needs to be on, on the field all the time. And unless he is in the locker room or physically says, I cannot play, he can't get banged up. And you're like, oh, okay, you know, we'll send Madison in for three uh, carries. That can't happen. You're going to have to use him as much as you possibly can because he's that good. In in fairness, this was a career high in carries for him today. 27 I carries, I believe, this was a career high. I wanted 30 to 32. Yeah, and then the, he had the, let's see, two targets. He caught both of them, so he winds up touching the ball 29 times mm-hmm. for uh, 146 yards. Mm-hmm. So they used him quite a bit. Alex Madison had that. I mean, the, t- the touchdown that Madison scored was just because Dalvin ha- had to be helped off the field for a right, second. But then the, ne- the next, I-, I think it was the next time the Vikings got the ball, uh, Cook had gains of like three and nine yards and came out for three consecutive plays. Yeah, And that's where he has to stay in. Or maybe the Vikings were tanking her Trevor. Putting their backup running back in in a spot to ice the game. Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien was not going to allow you today to have your tanking for Trevor fun. I'm sorry. He said, no, this ends now. The Houston Texans do not want to win. Uh, I love it. They're tanking for like a better second round draft pick in I Houston because they don't have a first round pick. So, it's, all right. It's awful. Let's get to a Pulford Skull. Pulford Skull, man. You got 60 seconds to tell us what you think about this Vikings victory today, the first of the season. All right, guys, two main points today, one being the secondary and the one being Kirk Cousins. We'll start with the secondary. We're all upset at them, and mostly number 24, Holton Hill, because that guy couldn't stop a JV flag football team. And the reason he had to be on the field is because we had a trainer getting ready to suit up to go out there and play, and then probably the water boy after Harry got ejected. And Holton Hill, I don't know if you guys noticed, but every time there was a camera panning to Deshaun Watson throwing it, who was in the background getting smoked, Number 24, Holton Hill, yet again. And had Dantzler stayed healthy and had Harry been able to stay out there, I don't think that game would have been as close as it was. Yeah, I think I think part of it, too, is just like if they would have faced a team that wasn't the potentially the worst coached team in the NFL, what would that have looked like today? And that's that's what I'm curious about. And guess what? Next week, you're going to get kind of a taste of it, right? You're going to get a better version. You're going to get a better version of the mobile quarterback, a better coach team a team with more explosive wide receivers and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, right? Like next week is going to be your real reality check of, okay, is okay. The Vikings played a couple teams early on. The Packers looked, you know, that, that was week one. That's hard to, to judge. Uh, but when you face a Seahawks team that's honed next week, if you can hang close, okay, maybe the Vikings have some, 
momentum to win some games in the second half. If they get waxed, I think three and thirteen is still very much on the table. Where we think- need, where defensively, what we need to accept is through some fault of their own and through some things out of their control. This Vikings defense is awful. Like it doesn't have the personnel. It's got guys trying to learn. Um, but you know, when Barg goes out and we certainly criticize him, but he's not a bad player, right? When Michael Pierce opts out, Hunter is probably now lost for the entire year. Uh, when you take away those guys and factor in the fact that right or wrong, they did not sign a veteran corner and they're trying basically to piece meal young players there at an absolutely key spot. This Defense is not good. And like I don't think there's going to be a magical week where they play this game and we're like, oh, this is this is the Zim D. No, I, I think that's a virtual impossibility uh for 2020. Now it could happen again in 21. But we we need to stop talking about Mike Zimmer's current defense. Like it's got this opportunity right now to pop up. It's not going to. It's going to give up points. It's going to get gashed. And and the only hope if the Vikings are if you know your preference is that they win five or six games, the only hope is that the offense can basically just outscore teams, which in a lot of cases against good teams is going to be very, very tough. I think Chris Boyd being gone too, I think that hurt a little bit as well because I, I, I've got high hopes. I don't know how all the fan base is with Chris Boyd, but I think if him and Dancer could have been out there helping rotate, I think that would have helped out a lot because you see these wide open, what was that, Kenny Stills or whatever that caught that wide open touchdown on fourth down. Uh, I mean, that was that was just totally asinine. That that shouldn't that shouldn't happen. If we can eliminate those and make them field goals like the Colts game, and that offense is clicking the way it, it has been here lately, I think that's going to take a huge step out of it. And look what Kendricks is doing out there. I mean, he had that huge pass breakup uh, yet again out there. Yeah, I think too. Like you mentioned, that touchdown on that broken coverage on fourth and ten. It's so rare in the last few years to see just a total defensive miscommunication against a bad team to like it happened against the Eagles in the NFC championship game a couple times. Uh, but you just like, it happens all the time with these young guys and you just sort of take for granted with Harrison Smith off the field, even, you know, Anthony Barr has his problems, but at least he has a concept of what the defense should look and feel like. And, uh, and I saw somebody else asking too about Daniel Hunter and the news over the weekend is that Daniel Hunter was, was recommended by a doctor to not play again this season. He's, he's seeking a second opinion. I think at this point, I'm I'm on the Judd plan. Daniel Hunter, 25 years old, 26 years old. He's going to rush the passer for another six, seven, eight years. Like get that neck healed and turn it back up in 2021. There's no reason to risk your career for this team. So pull for school. Any final thoughts from you? Yes. One last thing, Kirk Cousins. And I think we probably all have addressed this. And I know we got the Kirk haters. I mean, when Kirk plays, we we know what he's capable of. And we all know a free Justin Jefferson, baby. Number 19 and number 18 are here to shine and to stay. But if Kirk could just not feel the pressure around him and fall down like a bag of broken potato chips and just take that sack, we could have had 40 points in this game. And you guys, we all know that. But he feels the slightest bit of pressure. And Kirk Cousins is like, oh, help me. And he just falls down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, dude. It's-, it's preferable to him fumbling, which I honest to God believe they told him, just start falling down. Because if you don't, think about it. Think about the blindside strips. I'm dead serious. The blindside strips are far worse. Take if if you got if you have a choice, take a bad sack or get stripped. Right, right. You're gonna take the bad sack. Stop drop and roll, man. We <laughs> all learned it. We all learned it in grade if school. Ninety year old Tom Brady can escape the pressure. <laughs> why? 
Why can't Kirk Cousins do it? Amen. Yeah. Yes. You're Pulford, right. great stuff, dude. We'll talk again sometime sure. soon. Right. Right. So let me let me before we get into somebody else here. So I just I looked this up during the game because I was curious, especially after the three man rush got to Kirk and people people you know, the Vikings offensive line is not that great, but people go too far blaming offensive lines for sacks and for pressures. Tom Brady's a great example. He's the oldest successful quarterback to ever live. The guy is a statue. He's been a statue since he was 23. Mm-hmm. And he sits back there mm-hmm. and doesn't always have a perfect offensive line, certainly doesn't in, in Tampa. And he's able to just move one step to the right, to the left. He feels the pressure. He's not he's not Lamar Jackson, you know, running out on a bootleg, mm-hmm. but he's able to find those little places to buy himself an extra second or two seconds or whatever it is in the pocket. Peyton Manning was the same way. And uh, I looked this up on Pro Football Reference uh, during the game today. Peyton Manning had a season in which he was sacked 10 times once with the Colts all season. Even in his bad seasons, he was only sacked like 20 times in a full year. Yep. Kirk, Kirk gets sacked. He's gotten sacked 40 times a couple seasons. Um, last year was more like 25 or 26, so it wasn't as bad. But the biggest difference is, and some people might say, well, but like Peyton Manning had Jeff Saturday. Yeah, Jeff Saturday was a great center. But do you think Peyton Manning for 18 years just had like the greatest <laughs> offensive line run of all time? Or was he brilliant at just moving a step over here, sensing pressure, making an early throw, you know, you know sensing what the defense is going to do, call an audible, a hot route, whatever it is. Like a lot of that stuff is more on the quarterback than people think. And we just knee jerk blame the offensive line. Every time there's a sack, but Kirk can't slide. Kirk can run. Kirk can Kirk can roll and run. Uh, and if it's designed, he's actually not bad. But think about this one: How many times have you seen him slide? And by slide, I mean just shift gracefully and make a throw and hit. And you're like, oh wow, big time. Mm-hmm. And it's the type of thing again in sports where the guys who are good at doing that do it so effortlessly that we're like, of course he did that. Yeah, that's Brady. Of course he can do that. But then watch the guys who can't. And you appreciate how much that the guys who can make those throws. And so, but he is never like that is now that chip is sailed, Phil. So you're never going to get that chip installed. It's not like, oh, let's go to work on Kirk sliding in the pocket. Uh Uh-uh, that's gone. And so, so unfortunately, if you're a Vikings fan and the team, which of course signed him to a two-year $66 million extension in March, what you have, what you are going to have to put up with is the fact that it's never changing. So what? can you do which comes back to the very interesting question very interesting question why didn't you build him a better offensive line from day one here like you didn't get your hands on cousins film from his washington days and go like you know what i'm not gonna watch this let's just sign him right those guys had to watch every game he played which meant that it became paramount to give him the best line possible and i think that's the question because you know phil you're a thousand percent right if this was peyton You'd be like, left tackle's not great, but Peyton throws the ball so quick, we're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'd love to know, back going back in time now, what the conversation was back in the day of let's pull the trigger, trigger on this Cousins contract and the offensive line's just going to be okay. Very yeah, conversation. It, it is. It is amazing that the offensive line is just still a work in progress after all these. <laughs> like basically, Adrian Peterson ran for two thousand yards in two thousand twelve, and the offensive line's just kind of been like a work in progress for eight years. Yeah. It's it's just ridiculous. 
but the Vikings, just to reset here real quick, the Vikings win their first game of the year today. They hang on for dear life at the end, thanks to some sabotage help from incompetent Bill O'Brien. This is Vikings Ventline live on Score North social media and uh, also YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. You can always find our seven-day-a-week Vikings conversations on the Purple Daily Podcast feed, including Ventline. We also have a second feed. It's just the Mackie and Judd Show. Anywhere you find podcasts, Mackie and Judd, and also uh, our second YouTube channel, youtube.com slash scorenorthmn. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, and we're taking your comments, as you can see on the screen here, and we're also taking people and bringing them actually into the video with us, like we're going to do right now with Dave in South Carolina. Dave, what's going on, man? How you doing, guys? Well, I was was prophetic last week, Judd. Yet again, I said 30 carries. Uh, We were close. Yeah. and as a Viking fan, I'm obviously disappointed that we did win this game. Um, you know, I mean, you, you can't you can't make this up, guys. Um, I want to talk about a couple things. I've watched some all 22 tape. I told you guys I had the package. I can't wait to watch it tonight or in a few minutes because supposedly he had 3.4 seconds to throw the ball today. And from what I'm understanding on Twitter from some of y'all's peers, that – a lot of the sacks were due to him not throwing the ball and making decisive decisions, meaning Cousins. And I know that we talked about him being more uh, athletic and talking to Fran Tarkin, which is the first mistake. The guy he needs to speak to would be Tommy Kramer. You want to understand how to move around with the pocket, how to shift, how to read defenses, that's him. You can't be somebody that you're not. And, Judge, you're right. He's never going to be that guy. Um, offensive line-wise, I think, why it's so good in the running game and so bad in the passing game, I think there's a hidden denominator. I think that we need to start maybe looking at that. And I think that with all these pieces that are starting to come together offensively, taking Dalvin Cook out, Judd, uh, like you said, in the most important time of the game, again, made no sense to me when he vitally needed to be in there to get those extra yards. The play call, I thought, uh, on the fourth and one, uh, to me, I'm the kind of guy who says, okay, go for it, be aggressive. But come on, guys. I mean, you need one yard. You know your defense can't stop anybody. I'm going to get to that in a minute, um, if you all let me get an extra 30 seconds in here. But be aware of the situation. Defensively, Holton Hill cannot play anymore. He, he's, you know, we're going to sit here and he's going to try to sell us on the fact that he's going to develop Holton Hill. Please, God, let it go. I mean, the guy cannot play. All three of you guys see that. I see that. Guys are running wide open. He almost got beat again on a fourth down in the end zone. And from what I understand, he didn't even try to break up the ball. He was watching the guy bobble it. Um, I just don't understand it. Um, but this is Mike Zimmer for you. As much as I love Mike and, and, and I, I do believe in him defensively, I think he will get better, Jed. They have gotten better. But – you cannot sit here and tell me that all of these guys that you draft are going to work. It is not going to happen. You're right. Sit Daniil, and I'm going to throw it out there now on the y'all segment, if I could ever get in, prediction segment. This team will beat Seattle after I said all that next Sunday night, and you all know I'm right. That's all I can say. Wow. Yeah, wouldn't that be something if they're first? Like they've they've needed wins over Seattle in actual right. like winning seasons, and if it happened this year when they're about to go like five and eleven, 
or if Bill, six and ten, if they Bill, you know it, Bill, you know it will. I mean, you know it's the script. I mean, you know it's going to happen. And Rick's I promise have a huge you, game. and I promise I will call you guys, and I will just say, "I told you so," and then we will continue to go, like you said, hopefully five and eleven. But you know how this team is; they'll get out of that top ten, and they will not take a quarterback, and we'll be stuck in the same situation over and over again. Um, and I think that anyway. We're doing the right things, like you said, Judd. Thank y'all for giving me the time. Play the young guys. Why Ezra Cleveland is not in there is beyond me. Why Ole Udo is on the practice squad and never gets in there is beyond me. And, you know, maybe they should take a page out of other teams' books. How about some tempo on offense? How about some how about some two-minute offense? And how about maybe if you got a understanding that Dalvin is so good, here's my last point, and every run looks the same as a pass. Then why not bring in an offense? Why, why not bring in a guard that can better pass protect? That's what, and it's more athletic. That's what Cleveland can do. I don't understand it because the guys are in there now. You guys are right. Uh, when there's four or five man lines and blitzes, it's all over. I think Kirk today did one positive thing, in my opinion. He said, I'm just going to throw it up there to, to, to Rudolph. I'm going to throw it to Justin Jefferson and I'm going to throw it to Thielen. And I'm just going to say, the heck with it. And yeah. that's what he did. So I will give him credit on that last throw. At least he went for it, even though I think it was a bad play call. But that's Dave, that's where I'm at. Dave and South Carolina, man, always good to hear from you. And we'll Thanks. we'll see you after that big win over the Seahawks next week. <laughs> very passionate, very upset by the win. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that That'd be, be very on brand? I did just see I did just see somebody in the comment section said they have now unsubscribed from our YouTube channel because we're being too negative. I mean, I oh. listen. The Vikings are the ones that lost the first three games. Okay, if if they were three and one. And we were still ragging on all this stuff. Like, let's th- this win was what it was today. It was they they played well on offense. A depleted defense played well enough to beat a poorly coached team. They're one and three now, and now they play one of the best teams in the NFL on the road next week. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and do backflips because they beat the Texans for God's sakes. All right, and doesn't if, wipe away the first three weeks. And if you didn't cover this team, and you came across that game, you would have been to red zone before two seconds had passed. Let's see, Vikings and Texans, or I can watch this Browns-Cowboys shootout. Oh, and by the way, I owe a huge apology. For those who think that Judd Zolgad can never admit when Judd is wrong, Kevin Stefanski, I'm sorry. Dude. I I really thought that was Kubiak's offense and that you were basically the pool boy for it. Um, <laughs> I was a thousand percent wrong. Kevin Stefanski, I owe you an apology. You were you were essentially Don Coriel. Okay. How okay? do you feel today? Oh, so seriously. so here's here's what happened. The Cleveland Browns beat the Cowboys forty nine to thirty eight. Yeah, the Browns ran yeah. the ball forty times for three hundred seven yards on the Cowboys today. In an NFL game, yeah. they ran for 307 yards right down the Cowboys' throat. Odell Beckham Jr. had 73 rushing yards in that game for the Cleveland Browns. Caught a touchdown, right? From didn't I, I see that Landry they ran did. some type of uh, fake play where or uh, play fake where yeah to Declan yeah, Jarvis point. Landry yeah. Jarvis Landry threw a touchdown. But anyway, um, I do owe Stefanski an apology. Clearly, he was coming up with ideas and principles for what Kubiak gave him that uh, went well beyond what Gary is capable of doing. Hey, Chad wants to know on the screen here in the YouTube comments, now that the Vikings have won, does this mean Judd gets to shave? No, I'm not shaving. I sort of like the beard. What's the, is this, is it it a Twins playoff 
beard or oh, no 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 it's a it's a wife requested beard Don oh. yeah she said grow gotcha. the beard i said hmm. okay yeah no problem no i need problem to shave the scruff off if i'm going to be seeing someone here in the next few hours i i, I can't do this scruff otherwise i can't see I, anything I can't do it. exactly see it's great can you, can i can see the mustache i can see, see the it. i can see the mustache Dex. the goose it's the goose in me judd i could i could yeah you do look like goose you do look like goose talk yeah. to me goose that's right all goose right uh Let's go to Sports Bro Nick. You are up next hey, on Vikings up, event line. What's up, Sports Bro Nick? What up? Um, I would love to have a Corona Seltz right now, but my post game comments will be serious. Oh, okay. Um, All right. I know Jug can work with that. Um, Nothing wrong with first, that. First, uh, Chansey, real quick. Texans, if they go on 16, the Dolphins will have their pick. So it doesn't even matter about that. Um, That's right. Our bad, Bill right. O'Brien, you guys, does the GM coach combo work in any league? The only person that can do that is a female, and she's in Minnesota. Cheryl Reeves, it doesn't work at all. You got to allocate your work to somebody. It's ridiculous. Dude, not to mention, like at one point, if you're the owner of the Texans, at what point do you say, "Okay, so this guy is the GM, he's the coach, and he calls plays. He has more power than like." Greg Popovich in San Antonio. Okay. And at what point do you maybe take something off the guy's plate and hire another? Well, I was going to say hire another smart person, hire a smart person to take one of those jobs. It's yeah. amazing. Just ridiculous. Um, and then guys, it, it was always a pipe dream to think we were going to pick top five, maybe even top 10. Um, so I had come to the realization that they're going to be good. They're not. They won't be a Super Bowl contender with with Kirk Cousins, but they are going to get better during the season as far as it goes with defense. The offense can obviously put up points. We still haven't seen any um, Irv Smith or Kyle Rudolph type uh, tight end play that you thought was going to be involved a lot more this year. So I think the offense will get better. Um, Jefferson back to back 100 yards plus. you know, they, they can put the ball going north and south. Um, Dalvin Cook is, I will say, he's earning his contract. He's the lead leader in rushing right now. Um, can he stay healthy? Who knows? And then um, as far as the offense goes, I still don't see as far as the tight end stuff, and I'm not seeing as much of a screenplay game this year too. So maybe it is something to do with Stefanski because he's put up 30-plus in each game with Cleveland, and you're not seeing really any. You saw a little more um, – uh, shoot, I'm losing it. Regardless, um, just – they're good, not great, guys. They're good, not great. Yeah, it's a fair point, man. Uh, Sports Bro Nick, cheers to you. Vikings for the first game of the year. And uh, we'll talk to you maybe next week. See what happens after the – And I don't And I don't even know um, on both sides of the ball if they really are good. I think they might be meh. But, um, look, defensively, I think what you, what the fan base should be hoping for is gradual improvement of certain players. Because look, there are guys playing now who aren't going to play, like shouldn't play. Yeah. So so if Shamar Stefan starts to shine in that role, it's not like, oh, Shamar Stefan's playing really well. Can't wait for 2021, right? So the cornerbacks, if you see improvement, let's say it comes from three of the four or two of the four. That's great. Um, offensively, I think that they can be good. But defensively, I don't even think they're going to be that good. I think that they're going to be uh, with with the hope that uh, some of the key players, the young guys, do show gradual improvement. But there are just some guys 
who are probably starting right now who are not going to make this team out of training camp next summer. Yeah, there's a major debate right now in the YouTube comments, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. And we're popping some of these on the screen here. A major debate about like what if you're a true Vikings fan, what you should want and and just sort of like, why, you know, what what's up with this negativity of wanting the Vikings to lose? And then there's the other side that like like this comment on the screen, what fans really want is long-term success. They want a Super Bowl. They want a, a, a franchise quarterback that you can rely on week after week. And so where I've always come at it from is my mission statement when I talk about the Vikings on Purple Daily and on Mackie and Judd is win a Super Bowl. That's my mission statement for the Vikings, win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And if if the things they're currently doing – whether it's through drafting or whether it's through coaching or whether it's the current quarterback, if the things that they're doing aren't aligned with win a Super Bowl and and you have to do some of those things differently or take a step back in order to retool yourself, it's all toward win a Super Bowl. And so like if if you're a fan and you were rooting for the Vikings to lose that game today because you want them to have better pieces or a better quarterback that can help them win a Super Bowl, then that doesn't make you a bad fan. Makes you a great fan. You you want them to win a Super Bowl, and you're and you're hoping that they that they do the right things and draft the right players to to do that. So I'm never like I'm not I'm not one of these people that's going to rip fans. Be like, how can you root for your team to lose? No, you, the 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 person who's rooting for the Vikings to lose is rooting for them to win a Super Bowl long term, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and they just don't think it can happen this year. So off my soapbox, I just wanted to throw that out there. I, I think the difference too in mentality when it comes to this question, is this one. Do you think like a player thinks or do you think like a GM probably thinks, which is privately what's best for the long-term success of said team, right? Um, And player, you know what? If you're Holton Hill right now, you're probably ecstatic. You just won a football game, man. We won, but Holton, you're not good. I don't care. We just won a football game. Um, and, And that's fine too. But I think what the question or what this comes down to is the mentality of the thought process. And look, in 2020, if you don't have what you would consider a franchise quarterback, it's damn hard. It is really hard. And I, so I'm never going to say, oh, man, fans should want week-to-week wins because that's great. No. What are you going to put together to get to that franchise QB? And I'm sorry, but I will come back to this. Kirk Cousins can win you games, and Kirk Cousins is not a train wreck. But is Kirk Cousins going to be the guy hosting the hoisting the Lombardi Trophy on that stupid thing that they build at midfield after a Super Bowl? My answer to that question is no. So either way, I get the mentality. I just want to see, well, heck, not just for the Vikings, the Twins too, Wild the Wolves. I want to see sustained long-term success that can lead to championships, not, oh, we're back in the playoffs. Ain't that great? Because after a while, right or wrong, that gets old. And the question becomes, but did you make a, a playoff run? And if the answer is consistently no, then that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, I'm Phil Mackey. That's Judd Zolgad. You can find us on Twitter if you want to tell us that we're idiots and rag on our takes. I'm just at Phil Mackey. He's at Jay Zolgad. Our producer who's kicking ass behind the scenes over there drinking his Krona Hard Seltzer <laughs> is Declan. It's uh, at Dex's tweets, D-E-X-S's tweets on Twitter. Let's go to Mark here, here next, next, gentlemen. gentlemen. Mark, Mark, you, you are, up are up on Vikings. Okay, what's going on, fellas? How y'all doing today? Good, 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 good. So, you know, just watching the game, and it was a couple of things I've seen. Well, obviously, the defense is always going to need work this year because we're just going to we're just going to be sorry on defense because the secondary is not great. Front seven, you know, it's eh. 
But on offense, you got all the pieces you need. So if I'm Coach Mike Zimmer, I'm always going into the um, into the offensive room like, hey, you guys got to lead us this week because defense, we're not where we're at. So you guys are going to have to lead us this year, not like how it is in the past where the defense, we you know, we rock and y'all follow us. But then there's a couple of things I want to criticize on Kurt because Kurt, he, he, he impressed me a couple of times. But then on that last throw to Adam Thielen to ice the game, you know, that's where, you know, sometimes you make your money is you complete that pass to, to Adam Thielen, game's over, we win. Defense is not even in that situation. But then there's other uh, early in the game where he actually gave his receivers chances to make a play, which is what he normally doesn't do. He's just like, eh, I'd just rather not. And to that, I don't know what you guys would like to say on that. Yeah. Well, Mark, well, Mark, 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 Mark actually, actually, we're getting a little bit of echo there. Can we, can we mute Mark real quick? And then I'll, I'll throw him back in. Mark, if you're still there. I'll, we'll put you back in here. I just want to, there we go. I, uh, I want to ask you a question, then we'll unmute you here so we don't get the feedback. Um, how many teams in the NFL, in your mind, have a better trio of weapons than Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook? I'm putting you on the spot, but I think it's probably a really short list. Like maybe two, two to three teams. And yeah. the Chiefs yeah. is like number one off top. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, like, yeah. you can put – like, you can literally put us in that top five of, you know, trio of talent to me personally. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's and amazing. We're, we're getting a little bit a little of feedback. Bit of feedback. So we'll, we'll think about it, Mark, and he brings uh, brings good takes to the but, table. But Mark's point's a great point, and that – the box score is going to look okay, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, if you watch this game, the eye test – if there's ever been a year where the Vikings offense has to absolutely, and I don't care if the team is good, bad, or awful, um, if they've ever had to be in a situation where it's up to them, it's paramount that they put the dagger in the opponent, right? Because ordinarily, with this defense, okay, they're back out there. That's fine. They're really, really good, but they're not this time. Um, and the pass to Thielen, which was an underthrown ball, which will go down in the box score as incomplete, oh, okay, uh, is a huge play because that's the type of play that if we're going to or if we were going to turn the corner of the Kirk conversation mm-hmm. and, and the Kirk praisers were going to say he's good and Mackie and Judd and Declan shut up, okay, then I say you got to complete that pass. Like that's a pass because it, it's a pass that, that you don't see um, – that you don't see the context – in the box score, if I own him in fantasy, I probably don't care much. But if you're a Vikings fan, that's the type of pass and that's the type of play that if the ingredients are going to come together here for this to become a championship team, not this year, but let's say next, that's the type of pass that you have to complete because that ends the game. Yeah. Let's go to Eric here. Eric Beck in the house on Vikings Ventline. Eric the Vikings picked up their first win, man. What did you think? Yeah, uh, first thing, do you remember at the start of the season before Dalvin Cook had his contract that we were all trying to convince ourselves that Alexander Madison would be a good fill-in instead of having Dalvin Cook around long-term? Uh, I think we're seeing maybe that's not the case. Um, two other things, two things other than that. Uh, defensively, I really feel like we got stuck in 2017. Like, we had this fantastic defense in 2017, and then going into 2018, we got real focused on, well, what do we do since the Eagles dominated us to beat what the Eagles did? And instead of focusing on how do we get better long-term, we focused on, we're good right now, let's just kind of stay where we are. 
And now here we are two years later, and that's not the defense we have anymore, and we didn't prepare to move forward. Um, I'll, if you have a something I, I was just going to say, I think, I think what the Vikings are finding out is it's so hard to, A, put together a top defense, and they did it in 2017, and then it's even harder to maintain it because yeah. you have to presumably have 11 guys all in their prime or close to it and all healthy and all under contract and like all of these different things for 11 different guys. And if, if two guys fall off age wise or something and you whiff on a draft pick, it's as Eric eager, our friend from pro football focus says it's a weak link system where if there's two weak links, you can't possibly have a top defense because quarterbacks are going to pick on the weak links. And um, I, so I think, their philosophy of build defense around a defensive coach is just really, really hard to pull off in practice year after year after year. Yeah. And then the other thing we've talking about this tank for Trevor versus wanting to cheer for us to win. Like in my mind, I've been in like the tank for Trevor camp, but I don't want to have to cheer against my team. Like I want my team to win. So it's good to have this happen. But when we think about asking the question, do we want to salvage the season? What does that mean? Like, are we looking for a six-win team? Are we looking for a team that maybe makes the playoffs? Or are we, like you've been saying, having the mission statement of we're, our goal is to win the Super Bowl and what is best to help us win the Super Bowl? And again, I don't want to cheer for us to lose, but what else are we going to do here? Like, how do we get better moving forward? I think if you're a diehard fan... You- the mission statement for you in 2020 is probably to try and take a shot at that last playoff seed. Now, that being said, my response is, okay, so let's say let's say you go on a miraculous run and get it. Do, do I think that this team could get to the playoffs and beat uh, good teams? And my answer is no. But I think that you would find a lot of fans who say that, that the league has added a playoff team, that there are now seven potential seeds in your conference available. Why not? And you know what? It's just, it's all taste, man. Like, it's just all, it's just all taste. Like, there's no, I don't think there's a definitive right or wrong. I, I know what I think personally, um, but I also can't tell you, well, you know, you're a moron because if they make the playoffs. So I really think that this just comes down to, like, what type of beer you like to drink? <laughs> what type of food? It, it, for, it's for that the simple. Record. For the record, I put a poll out right as the as the game was kicking off today, and I said, all right, Vikings fans, what are you rooting for today? And I gave three options. I said, tank for Trevor, salvage the season, or a surprise Brett Favre return, which is what I'm always <laughs> rooting for. And uh, tank for Trevor, 61%. A surprise Brett Favre return, 20%. Of course. And, a, and salvage the season, only 19% of fans. And this has like 1,000 votes on it since the game started. So I don't know. I think I think it's probably pretty fair to say that that more fans than not are just sort of okay with them having a down season as long as it means long term gain, and they're not going to just slip into like a Cleveland Browns malaise for fifteen years or something. Yeah, and even if you do sneak in the playoffs now, you're not playing the three as the bottom seed. You're playing the two as the bottom seed. So it's even a harder climb to go past that. Yep. Right. Amen. Eric, great stuff, man. Great questions. And uh, be sure to jump back in some other week. All right. Yep. All right. So, um, So, Judd, yeah, go. I was just saying final thoughts from you here. The Delvin Cook thing, I'm very torn on. Okay. Delvin Cook is really, really good. He's talented. Uh, To go back to my point from earlier in the show, I think he needs to be used a ton. 
So here's where I'm torn. The contract still, okay? Because like you're literally going to, and you have to use him a ton, which is going to create wear and tear wear and tear on a position where guys don't last long, okay? So we're still talking about paying a guy a lot of your, or a decent percentage of your salary cap when you're not that great yet. And Dalvin Cook is sort of, to me, ideally now sort of the final like one of the final pieces on top of the championship pie right oh my god we've got this guy and he's fantastic and if we go to a super bowl he's going to be great so to eric's point he's right delvin cook is great but i'm still very much torn because this also comes back to and it's true of kirk too but this also comes back to how you allocate your salary cap and i guess my question is tying up your money in a running back who is soon probably going to start to decline a bit with where the Vikings are. Like, unless the, unless you boys could tell me 21, man, they're going to come back and be great. And cook is going to be a major part of that potential success. Unless you both can tell me that that's absolutely the case. I still don't know that tying up as much as they have financially in him right now makes sense, even though I love watching him and he's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, I don't actually, that's one thing that Eric said that I don't know if I fully agree that you can just determine based off this season that Alex Alexander Madison is just like not a starting caliber running back. Uh, He's not as good as Dalvin cook. No one's arguing that Dalvin cook is unbelievable. And, and Dalvin cook had, maybe one of his best two week stretches of his career, if not the best two week stretch of his career. But, but you know, this is about, as you're saying, Judd strategic allocation of money and roster building. And it's just, it's hard to win a super bowl and accomplish your ultimate goal. If you've got the sixth most money of any team tied up in a quarterback that isn't Pat Mahomes or Russell Wilson. Right. And then, okay, well, what about some of the other positions? Well, we got, you know, the $12 million tied up in a league average left tackle. Okay, well, that's not ideal. And then running back, et cetera. Uh, you got two safeties who make more money than basically any other safety in the NFL. Like, I, I just, I don't love where the, the money is allocated from a strategic standpoint right now. Agreed. But, um, yeah, that's, um, that's an eventful episode mm-hmm. of Vikings Ventline right there. I think we heard from both sides of the aisle, people who are a little bit ticked that they won <laughs> and kind of view it as a pointless win. And people who are like, no, let's go. Bring bring on Seattle with these weapons offensively. I mean, the Vikings can score points. That's the one thing that we've kind of figured out in the last couple of weeks. They What's can score some points. What's Wilson going to do to this poor defense? <laughs> I mean, oh rough. my God. I mean, poor Gladney and Holton Hill and Dantzler. God bless them. But I feel, I feel like that game is going to go from being a lot of these games post Packers. So the last two or three games have been like good tutorial classes and, Oh man, that's a better play there. And now, and now you are biting off like a, a college level trigonometry class. And it's like, you're going to go in and Oh boy, you got no shot. It just feels that way. Hey, real quick, just to answer this question on the screen from Thomas. So who are you happy got paid? (laughs) It's a good question. Um, I would say just in general, in order of importance, I'm, I'm totally cool paying the pass rushers. Daniel Hunter is, uh, is on a contract that's probably very team friendly right now. If you, if you look at the pass rusher rankings, I like unique Ngakwe. I would give that guy a contract for the season. Kendrick's a really good player. Hell of a player. And if the Vikings had a, a stud cornerback that was up for a contract, I was fine with Xavier Rhodes getting paid. I was also fine with him leaving. <laughs> I want off to a great start. I time. I want some of that cash used on a guard. I really do. Yeah. Um, it, it's as if the Vikings have just sort of dismissed guards as oh we we could find guards and like every week we are reminded no 
you can't. And I'm not saying pay two of them, but at least the left guard, pay the guy. Because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's become a position now. I, I just, I don't get the thinking. They, the Vikings seem to treat guard like a lot of baseball teams did back in the day with first base. Ah, it doesn't matter. Well, I think in baseball, it was sort of proven that that was, that was at least sort of correct, right, Phil? Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like in guard, it's like, no, don't you see week after week, it's like a tutorial of why at least one of your guards should be pretty well compensated. And right now, Port Drew Samia and Dakota Dozier, it's like, no, 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 this is not going to work for you. So Yeah, really excited to see the Drew Samia PFF grades. It can't be worse than last week. That'll be a little be a, 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 a <laughs> I guess mathematically it, it can. He had a one point four grade yeah. out of one hundred. So Hero. get nasty. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is a wrap on Vikings Ventline presented by Corona Hard Seltzer. Thanks to all of you Vikings fans who chimed in with your comments, either in the chat sections of YouTube and Facebook, or those of you who actually jumped in and hung out with us. And if you if you'd like to jump in next week, just email VikingsVentline at gmail.com. Uh, all right. Any final words from you two, Joe? Rod- Roderick, do you see what he just put out there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are going to get blasted next week. That is a fan who clearly probably didn't like this victory today. I think I honestly think it'll be. I mean, for God's sakes, the Dolphins just put up 25 on Seattle. Like it's going to yeah. be a shootout. But Russell Wilson will probably have a field day. He's going to have a field day. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll be here. We'll be here late in the night, into the night next week. See you, boys. Either way. So uh, appreciate everyone hanging out with us. And we Thank will you. see you uh, tomorrow for Purple Daily, Apple, Spotify, Scornorth.com, and also YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Thanks, guys.